Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see all of you gathered here today for worship, and a joy to know that there are many more of you joining us online. If you would, take a moment and register your attendance in the pew pad at the end of your pew, or if you have a um, prayer need in your life, know that we have connect cards on the back of the pew that you could let the office know about those prayer needs so we can be praying for you. It's another great week here at First Methodist. I encourage you to look at your calendar and, and see all the opportunities to participate in the life of the church. There's a couple of service opportunities for you, including uh, volunteers are needed at the celebration service. I know it's not this service, but if you would like to serve uh, through ushers or greeters at that service, uh, contact us at the church office this week. Also, I think Catherine is looking for volunteers to teach children's Sunday school. So if you feel God calling you to lead and serve in such an area, please see Catherine. She'll be down in her room after worship today, and she would love to give you more information about that. Let us uh, pray as we prepare ourselves for worship. Prince of Peace, Good Shepherd, Great Physician, Wonderful Counselor, Lord Jesus, we are thankful for this opportunity to gather today in your presence to worship you. And we pray that you send down your spirit upon us so that we might be renewed. Amen.
Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn number 154. All hail the power of Jesus' name as we stand together and sing. remain standing as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. And now we worship God with our morning offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these gifts that we give are an act of worship. We give them to you to honor you and to support your church for the spreading of the good news. And we pray, God, that you take these gifts, that you multiply them and guide us in their use for the glory of, of you and for the coming of your kingdom. Amen.
You may be seated. <laughs> Let us pray. Great physician, we come to you with so many needs today. We have needs for those around us who are sick, those who are struggling, those who doubt, those who are mourning, those who just need a little encouragement and hope. And on those needs, we carry with us the needs of this community, and they're great, God. We have deep concern for the hungry, and the hopeless and those who just need shade and cool today. And we add to that all the needs of our world. God, there are so many needs around us, but we trust your healing and we trust your work in this world. And not only the work in these needs, but also the work in our lives, God. We ask that you forgive us our sins, that you help us grow more like Jesus so that we might be a light to a dark and hurting world. Bless us. Bless this church. Bless the mission you called us to do to make disciples of Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray together the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. and Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you, choir and JT. That was beautiful. I have to say that I was curious all week what Live Long and Prosper would be as an anthem, if you notice that. I was thinking we may have a Star Trek fan in the choir and was wondering what that was going to end up being. That was gorgeous. Thank you. So do we have any folks in the congregation that um, follow TikTok? Any TikTokers? No TikTokers? A few smiles. Well, if, if you are on TikTok, and maybe even if you are not, you know that there has been a wave or a trend across our nation over the past few weeks, and it has begun a few years ago this time of year, and it is hashtag Bama Rush. This is serious business, folks. Millions of people have been keeping up with sorority life at the University of Alabama way beyond the state of Alabama. And it has led to uh, increased enrollment in SEC schools, increased participation in Greek life, and uh, it's made influencers out of ordinary 18-year-old girls. They're nationally known. What started out is OOTD, Outfit of the Day, and PNMs, Potential New Members, has now become a media sensation. And I'm just fascinated. Maybe it's because I have girls in this age group, but it is amazing to me how much time, energy, and money goes into helping these young ladies find the perfect match for their sorority houses. And it's, it's little wonder why they would spend so much time, effort, and money because these are their homes, away from homes. For the next four years, maybe a few more, they find a place of sisterhood, a place where they'll belong and they can do service hours and socialize and study and eat and live together and do life together. It becomes an important part of a young woman's identity. And let's face it, the Greek letters that a young woman wears is how she is known around campus. And not only that, but in today's world with TikTok and social media, it becomes how she is known to the world. Today, we're gonna spend some time looking at identity, our identity, where we find it and how we are known in the world. And our identity actually becomes or comes in the identity of, of Jesus Christ. And looking at the question, who do you say that I am, we may find our own sense of being and belonging. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 20. Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. Hear the good news. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah and still others Jeremiah are one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word, which challenges us and invites us to answer that question, who do we say Jesus is? Help us as we look to that question today and guide us so the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth might be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Jews had been eagerly watching and waiting. They were waiting for a voice from God, for God had been silent for a very long time. And they were wondering about John the Baptist. Was John Elijah? After all, Elijah said he was going to come back, and John had a great following. Or was he a prophet in the line of the great prophets? Herod had John beheaded, so what does all this mean? And then there's Jesus. Jesus performed miracles like Elijah. Could he be a great prophet like Jeremiah? Or perhaps he is the promised one, the savior. Or maybe he's a king like King David coming to restore the nation. Maybe he would be the one to save them from the tyranny of Rome. So they were watching, they were waiting, they were looking. And the Sadducees and Pharisees, who did not get along, decided to come together and ask Jesus for a sign. Who is this Jesus? And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you a sign. You can forecast the weather, but you cannot tell about the sun of God. Jonah went to the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, a, a non-Jewish city, and he proclaimed the word of God, and immediately they knew. They repented <clears throat> and turned to God. You're looking for a sign. You've seen signs, and you still don't know. Here is your sign. Jonah was in the belly of a big fish for three days. And so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days. That will be your sign. So he leaves the religious leaders without a sign, and he takes his disciples, and he, and he gets out of town. He gets away from the religious leaders. He gets away from the crowds and all that is pressing in on him. They head north to Caesarea Philippi. And this is where the scripture reading that I just shared takes place. Is there together in this away environment? He asked them, what are the people saying about me? What have you heard? What are the rumors? And they say, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist, which is really odd to me because they were alive at the same time. Some say you were a, a prophet in the line of the great prophets. And then Jesus turns the question on them. 
Who do you say that I am? And that turning the question on them was really a, a deep, deep kind of question because, you know, it's easy to hide behind others. I see it all the time as a preacher. Somebody will come to me and say, well, do you know what everybody's saying or do you know what everybody's doing? When there's really no everybody, it's just their own opinion and they're hiding behind other people. But he's asking them, who do you say that I am? Peter boldly responds, you are Messiah, son of God. Now, we don't know what happens in that moment. Was there hesitation? Was there a misanswer? Whatever it is, Peter gets it right. Peter proclaims Jesus as son of God. And Jesus affirms his answer. He says, Peter, you didn't come up with that answer on your own. God showed you that answer, which I kind of think is a backhanded compliment. But nonetheless, he affirms Peter, gives him a new name. It is from Simon to Peter, and he tells him, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he gives him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever heard the imagery of Peter standing at the gates of heaven? Well, that, that's where that comes from. And then he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he tells his disciples, do not tell anyone my identity. And Jesus sets his face toward the cross in Jerusalem. Peter in that moment correctly identifies Jesus. He firmly says, this is Messiah, son of God. And since that moment that Peter answered, people have been identifying Jesus as God's son ever since. We see it in Matthew after the scripture reading for today. At the transfiguration, God says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And then after that, as Jesus makes his entry into Jerusalem, the fickle people who, who they would change, but at that moment, they identify him as king. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we see a woman who anoints Jesus, the woman with the alabaster jar who anoints Jesus. She didn't use words, but her actions speak to his lordship. And then what is meant to be a mocking sign is actually a sign of identification, king of the Jews. And then the centurion who watches Jesus die identifies him. Surely this is God's son. And even today, people continue to answer that question, who do you say that I am? It has been a question that has been answered across the generations. We continue to answer that question in the church. In the church, we call this a profession of faith. In Romans 10, it expresses it this way, that if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord with your mouth, then you will be saved, and all that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is, our publicly, this is publicly recognizing Jesus' lordship in our lives. And that may be happened in a bold moment like Peter's where we are moved by the Holy Spirit. 
It may happen to you in a way where you've always been in the church and you've always known Jesus as, as Lord since a young age. So it might be a natural thing that's always been a part of you. Or it may be that in confirmation class, someone asks you the question for the first time. And then through knowledge and a lot of prayer, you discern to make that declaration. And all are valid and important ways that we answer in the life of the church. We continue to the answer the question, who do you say that I am? But perhaps the answer to this question is more than words, more than the profession of faith we make. But perhaps we answer this question every day. It's not just what we say, but it's how we live. It is very interesting that if you study the Gospels, you will see immediately that the demons always recognize Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, the 8th chapter, Jesus goes to the land of the Gesaretines and he meets two demon-possessed people and they come to him before Jesus greets them or says a word. They say, Son of, of man, what have you to do with us? They know who Jesus is. Immediately they know him. The difference is while they have knowledge, they do not have transformed life. They do not have that relationship with him. So the difference in answering the question may be as much about answering the question every day. How do we live as followers of Jesus Christ every day? It's more than simply words, but it's how we affirm Jesus' lordship in our lives as we seek to be his disciples day in and day out. And maybe that's why in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, I don't say this to, to cause doubt or cause you to concern. I, I cause you concern. I ascribe to the First John 4 line of thought, which says love has been perfected among us so that we might have boldness on the day of judgment and not fear because perfect love casts out fear. I share this to challenge you to remember that following Jesus is more than just words. It's about living a transformed life in uh, love and joy and peace and patience, in goodness and faithfulness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. It's about striving to be more like Christ every day. Those sorority girls that I mentioned earlier, when they put on their Greek letters, it's more than just being known by those Greek letters. They have standards they have to follow. Those of you who were in a sorority or in a sorority, you know that well. That there are certain rules and regulations. You're known by your letters and you have to keep up with a certain code of conduct. We are known as followers of Jesus Christ and we are to live as Christians every day. That is part of our identity in the world. Identity these days has become quite a buzzword. 
in some ways, kind of a negative buzzword, but it's still an important word for us to think about. Whether we get our identity as uh, in Greek life or in our job or in our school or in how our church or, or our sports team, whatever way that may be, it's important to consider how we are known and how we are viewed in the world. If you're looking for meaningful identity, a way to be known, a way to know, I encourage you to lean into that question, who do you say that I am? And live through that question. Because as we find our identity in Jesus Christ, we find a firm foundation for whatever may come our way. One that does not change with the challenges of life, but a firm foundation that helps us as we meet those challenges of life. Not to say we're going to be perfect, because Jesus was the only perfect one, but to say that we live a life of grace and trying to be more like Christ every day. Day. Jesus said that a wise man is like one who hears the word and follows the word. And in doing so, it's like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And when the storms of life came, the house stood firm. But the foolish man did not listen to the Lord's teachings and put them into place. And it was like he built his house upon the sand. And when the storms of life came, the house went splat, as we said in Vacation Bible School. In finding our identity in Christ, we have a firm foundation in our lives. At some point in our lives, we will answer the question or be posed the question, who do you say that I am? And we respond. Now that response may be like Peter's and maybe it's not. Maybe you have responded in words in a public way. But I encourage you not to consider the question just once, but to consider it every day with how you live your life and how you are in the world. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say that I am? And how will you live your life in response to that question? Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we bow before you this day, acknowledging that you are Messiah, Son of God, and we ask that you help us to live lives worthy of that affirmation and that we trust you and that we follow you to answer the question to a world with so many questions. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
In response to God's word, if you have a prayer need in your life or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, or if you would feel the call to baptism or profession of faith, I'm available after the service to meet with you. Also, what begins this week? The real football season begins, the team that count. So just I remind you that if you have season tickets or out of town, don't forget we have a wonderful Thursday night worship service at 5.30 here in the sanctuary. It is fun. It is casual. It is a good place to be and worship with your First United Methodist Church family. Also next week we start a new sermon series uh, about football, football theme, get in the game. I hope you can join us next Sunday as we worship together. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.